Now, folks, it's been a bit of a weird one, hasn't it? Steven Crowder, Daily Wire, Andrew Tate going down. Then you get people like Tim Pool versus the Quarry versus like you know their networks are going after each other. So much infighting. And then you have Congress ripping itself to shreds. Even on the GOP side, then you got Trump and DeSantis ripping each other to shreds. But then this happens. Right on the heels of the largest expose in history. Potentially, at least. Project Veritas. Probably one of the last remnants of actual investigative journalism in this country. Ousts, well, let's face it, Project Veritas. Because when you think of Project Veritas, there's only one name you really think of. But they just kick that face out. Suddenly, overnight, almost instantaneously. And there is new stuff coming out of it. So we're going to start at at Timcast. Because to my understanding, uh, this letter was leaked to Timcast directly. So we're going to start here and go from here. This is a breaking story that is developing in real time. And it's a slow development, unfortunately. Now, James James O'Keefe accused of erratic behavior by 16 Project Veritas employees. This is kind of wild. James O'Keefe has become a power drunk tyrant, said one unnamed employee in a letter submitted to the organization's board, published February 9th, 2023, by Hannah Claire Brimlow. A writer for Tim Castell. A group of 16 Project Veritas employees asked the nonprofit board of directors to remove former or founder James O'Keefe in a letter exposed internal tensions within the organization. A group claims GOP, uh, sorry, James O'Keefe, my, my apologies, I don't know, my brain just flatlined for a second on that one. Uh, the group claims James O'Keefe, management style and business operations are, quote, antithetical to the organization's core values. Tim Cass obtained a copy of a letter sent to Project Veritas Board of Directors, Project Veritas Action, and the organization's executive management. The 11-page document includes anonymous reports from witnesses and second-hand accounts of, quote, pattern behavior that, quote, severely limits the staff's ability to execute Project Veritas's mission. Memo to PV Board, February 6, 2023. So this was going on, like, four days before all of it hit the fan. By Christopher Carr on Scribed. So right here. Let's see, let's blow this up. Let's read this letter together, shall we? Zoom in. Oops. <clears throat> so we're going to read the letter together. That was Cinder Project Veritas. And after we get through this, we will get into a different... Twi- we'll get into a Twitter thread eventually with someone who has intimate working relationships with Project Veritas, who has been t- going on and off all day about what's going on as they get updates. February 6, 2023, letter begins. To Project Veritas Board of Directors, Project Veritas Action Board of Directors, and Exclusive Management, or Executive Management. Note, and this is, it starts off very fucking weird. Note, the opinions and data shared and antidotes were compiled by one-third of Project Veritas staff, representing every department. Not all signed this letter, but all had compiled reasons to contribute. 
some signatories have not have not been the subject of abuse nor witnessed any abuse meaning they have not been treated like shit and or have not seen anyone treated like shit meaning their contributions are one of three things made up hearsay or coached because you didn't see it and you didn't feel it or witness it yourself what the fuck are you complaining about this is weird collectivism man and the longer we go into it the more it's gonna start smelling like commie communism but let's get through the bullshit 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 Ah, some signatories have not been the subject of abuse nor witnessed any abuse, but found the corroborated behavior troubling and were willing to sign. And were willing to sign. The undersigned are troubled and frustrated with James's management style and business acumen. These behaviors and actions are antithetical to our core values, and it became. And it came to a head this week, most recently. The treatment of Barry Hinckley and Tom O'Hara. These two highly respected individuals did what they thought was right for the betterment of the organization and berated in public on Tuesday and effectively terminated by by Thursday. Berated in public? So what, you fucked up and your boss came down on you for fucking up and told you where you fucked up and it hurt your vagina? Uh, let's see what this Barry Hinckley fellow has to say. Team. Team, last night I stood up for, I stood up to a bully and was fired. A management by shaming and bullying is never acceptable. Uh, and it doesn't belong in the workplace. I won't tolerate it. <laughs> Or it, on behalf of my co-workers, director reports, I'm proud to say I stand by my actions. It was an honor to work with you. As they say, be brave. <laughs> Do something. Sniveling pussy. These actions led to immediate communications between concerned Project Veritas members over the past two days were collected additional examples of the behavior which crossed the line. The following bulleted uh, bulleted items came from individuals and are edited as little as possible to keep the spirit of everyone's individual thoughts. Point one. James has become a power-drunk tyrant. And he's exactly who he pontificates on who we should be opposing. I love your big words. You're so smart. You turned me on. I like I'm smart. Point two. I'm on the side of holding James accountable for his behavior that has damaged the important relationships inside and outside of Project Veritas. A great example is Spencer Meads. And Eric Cochrane, Cochrane, both left because they were so abused and overworked. Wah! Eric Cochrane him was asked to do a lie detector. I believe you believe what the fuck you don't know, you don't know, but you're just here saying he was made to do a lie detector. I think. 
But you have you don't know. So why are you even running your fucking mouth about it? What do you mean you believe? I just saying I think the fuck you have it in a letter. It's one of your two top points in the beginning of the fucking letter. You say he was made to take a lie detector. I think. And by the way, if you're a journalistic outlet who makes a living off of exposing or makes a name of yourself, I should say, exposing corrupt practices in corporate and government settings and agencies, I would hope that lie detectors were part of the enrollment thing. And maybe random, just as common as random drug testing might be in that kind of a field. Come on, man. You're made to take a lie detector test. Good. You're made to show your credibility and make sure you weren't bullshitting. I'm happy to hear it. It makes me like Project Veritas a little bit more. Except for the part where you go, I believe. You weren't even sure, you fucking clown. And James would make derogatory statements about about him to the staff because he was unhappy that Eric left. James. And as far as to call Spencer a pussy in Vegas. Well, what stays in Vegas stays in Vegas, baby. And Spencer heard him say it. Both of the... So wait, he said to his face? But like Spencer in the crowd, he goes, And by the way, this guy over here... Get a load of this fucking pussy. Alright, based. Say it to him in the room. I like it. Giga Chad. Both of these guys were mission driven and suffered through it. They were raided and James still called Spencer that name. He never forgave them. He never forgave them for making the decision to leave for their own mental well-being. Really? Getting called a pussy hurts your mental well-being no no no. this is what you should do you should either quit and by the way you work for project veritas right your whole shtick is, is undercover exposés why wouldn't why has no one there run an undercover expose within project veritas itself you would think that at bare minimum you would think going public way sooner especially during like 2020 and shit Every news media outlet, every shit lib and ass rag media outlet would be licking your cock lip. Ugh, don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to string together here. Either way, they'd be licking at the nads to fucking get your side of the story. Oh yeah, tell us more about how evil Project Veritas is. Oh, what did James O'Keefe do to you? Oh my god, tell me more about how he kicked your dog on your birthday. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. You know what, in full transparency, you know what I think happened? I've been listening to a lot of, like, Part of the Problem lately. And a lot of, uh, like, old Rageaholic videos. And I think my brain just tried to do a combination of, like, the clever rants that James was... Uh, that Razor Fist and Dave Smith does. It wasn't intentional. It's just the only reason I can think of me trying to... Whatever my brain was trying to do there. It makes no fucking sense, but... You know, it's kind of cringy in full transparency. I'm not that shit. Uh, let's see. Relationships inside and outside of PV. For example, Spencer means mental well-being, though. Yikes. Let's see right here. Airing grievances, leading determination, is what has prevented me from speaking up in the past. The times I have, I was accused of violating my NDA. Sabotage had my behavior labeled as traitorous. Yeah, well, I imagine most news outlets would have some sort of non-disclosure agreement. 
But if you're being treated so shitty, I would imagine that you, you know, you'd be brave and do something before you got fired. You get fired on the grounds of you blowing the whistle on how terrible James O'Keefe was. But it seems like you had to have this grievance session and have this letter passed around for y'all that had finally some balls to say something. It's like what happened with the uh, with the Nostalgia Critic and Channel Awesome not too long ago, and they had the uh, what's that article called? The not not so awesome. It was a bunch of unsubstantiated claims about how he was treated. I say we exhibit some patience. We have all been on the receiving end of unnecessary, seemingly intentional humiliation and outright cruel behavior. And I've certainly not been here as long as many of you. And I don't mean to invalidate any of what you... Really? Of what you have experienced. But I believe James knows... He's in over his head. He's scared, overworked, manic <laughs> manic on stress and drunk on the success of the last two weeks. His flaws aside, his aims are genuine and he is a true leader. He just needs a push back in the right direction. I hope this potential board action is that push. The sign he needs to free himself from constantly feeling the need to hold everything tightly, trust his team, and allow him to focus on the creative while others run the stuff he doesn't actually want to be doing anyway. Patience, not mutiny. Oh. I do believe that he has the sense to recognize that we do face uh, really? Hold on. First off, there's a lot to break down here. Right here. When they say he needs to not hold on to everything so tightly, it, it sounds like you're trying to say to me he's, he shouldn't be trying to hold... What well, What does he hold on to tightly? The rules of the organization? The ethics? Because I know Practical Veritas has a tight code ethics. One of them being act as if there's a jury on your shoulder at all times. So... No, if he's running a big company like that, he should be holding everything tightly. And furthermore, allow himself to focus on the creative while others run the stuff he doesn't actually want to be doing anyway. What does that mean? And what is the stuff? I mean, I imagine Leonard's going to go into it, but my question to it is... Project Veritas has been doing kick-ass so far this whole time anyway, from exposing Acorn, ultimately shutting that down during the Obama administration, to the Ver- to the uh, Pfizer expose just a couple months, like a month ago. I don't understand fully what you mean by this. It's, it's quite suspicious. Creative? While well, others on stuff he doesn't want to actually be doing anyway. Patience, not mutiny. This totally seems like a fucking mutiny. I do believe that he has a sense to recognize that when faced with the inevitabilities, he's run down and in in the need of a sabbatical. Project Veritas is strong, and all we can do is continue to show what we will put that we will put our great work to do whatever to whatever end. Uh, point here: lack of transparency when mistakes are made. To help top from the top down. Example, Nancy Vaden never was suing us. And it was told to our entire company as if it was absolutely true. Couldn't comment on that. Don't know anything about it. Davis was a bad hire. We all know it. But 
when I tried early on to prevent him from assuming so much power and authority, knowing he couldn't handle it, I received a classic quote, if you don't agree, there's the door. I mean, base. If you're the boss of the company and you don't like how this is going on, fuck off. Another example in the group setting is the all hands with respect to jujitsu. What? Jujitsu's leaving the org. Okay. Spain had the bravery to say, quote, is, are these like code names? What the fuck? We should have the ability to disagree and to phrase, quote, we are not disposable. <laughs> Lol. Okay, tell that to every McDonald's employee whose current job is being replaced by a machine one by one. Uh, Jock was combative, confl- conflating internal and external issues. This stifles the value of internal voices, and we need to have this dialogue in a respectful manner. We still haven't fully recovered from the loss from fall of 2021, and now, over a year later, so this is how much about this is actually meant, it's a non-profit. Both sides are supposed to be non-profit. So, making money and recovering from losses shouldn't be a factor of it. All non-profits lose money sometimes. It, it just is a factor that happens. And now, over a year later, we've lost more people. Though, resignation or termination through resignation or termination and I fear that that we're on the path we are on we will not only prevent the growth of the organization but we will be led to a place where the organization doesn't exist point here I received complaints from an FBI source about James you received complaints from an FBI source ooh a uh, Diamondback was upset about witnessing James' treatment of staff during his interview in D.C. He said that James was snapping at employees and ordering them around in a very court, uh, curt manner. Diamondback called me after and told me James needs people management class and that he was a diva. I reported this to Jen and not sure what was done after that. Next point. Recently, Diamondback was introduced to a high-dollar Project Veritas donor named Triple X. During dinner, James offered Diamondback a job with Project Veritas, and Triple X was extremely supportive of the difference. The cultural difference uh, were Diamondback noting James's micromanaging of behavior. Triple X caught wind of this. Ow caught wind of this and told Diamondback that he was turned off by James's uh, over-promising and boastful demeanor during the dinner and that he intends to pull out of supporting Project Veritas. Noel and I introduced a high net worth husband and wife to Project Veritas. They are now a, high, a Project Veritas high dollar donor. They had been friends of ours for a while between six to eight months ago. And husband told me that he was extremely turned off by what James asked of him. In one of their first meetings, James asked him a rather demand in a rather demanding way that he write a $75,000 check to Project Veritas on the spot. I don't believe that. Furthermore, this is very much someone else giving us uh, an eavesdropped take of a conversation. This made him uncomfortable, but he continued the relationship with Project Veritas because he believes in what we're doing. Then, they attended a donor event in Napa, California, where James was present. The wife asked James for a photo, and he very rudely and publicly turned her down. Uh, I don't believe that either because I know somebody who 
has bumped into James O'Keefe on two separate occasions at different events they've gone to. Now, mind you, these are like organizers. But, you know, if if you're just an organizer at an event and you're not making any money or giving any money to, to James O'Keefe and he'll stop taking a picture with you and talk to you for a few minutes, I don't think he would scoff or scuff up a fucking, you know, a big time donor event. This just doesn't, you know, seem, you know, very accurate. The wife asked James for a photo, uh, photo, and he very rudely turned her down. She was humiliated to the point of tears. They have miraculously continued to support Project Veritas, but whenever I see them, they have something negative to say about James' behavior or ego, as they put it, and I feel Project Veritas may lose them as donors soon. Oh, buddy. With the outstanding with James O'Keefe, uh, donors have already publicly said they're out. It's sad, embarrassing, and increasingly becoming James a standard for how he treats supporters. Honestly, it's wild and incredibly irrational behavior for someone who publicly and internationally, internally claims to, quote, be the only one raising money. I was yelled at in a small meeting in Jack's office for expressing my concerns on employees' use of the time and spend. Uh, was told it wasn't my place to question his uh, decisions, even though it uh, even though it turned out to be the correct business decision, and we ultimately followed. The meeting was loud enough that people asked how I was how I was after the office after I left the office. By the let's see, by the close of the business day, we were able to have a productive conversation. Uh, at Democracy Partners' trial in public, I was yelled at in front of jurors because he was angry, and he took eight mo- took an eight-month pregnant woman sandwich. What does that mean? What do you mean he took an eight-month pre- an eight-month-old pre- like an eight-month pregnant woman sandwich? Did he just walk up and snatch it out of her fucking hand and say, "Give me that"? I just ate her fucking food in front of her. Did did she maybe offer him a sandwich? I, I just cannot wrap my head around the idea that James O'Keefe just ran up to some fucking random pregnant woman, snatched her subway out of her fucking hands, and munched down on it. Just it, does, it sounds like some spiteful shit a bitter former employee would make up. Do you believe that? Or is that the kind of shit you, you would tell somebody when you were drunk? Yeah, dude, my boss is such a dick. Man, he fucking stole my subway from me. Yeah, he just came and took it from my from my fucking hand and ate it. And it was said it was because because I wasn't working. Fucking asshole! I had a break anyway. That's the kind of shit you'd make up. Moving on, Barry, Dan, Tom, and Eric were the subject of bullying on the leadership meeting, with at least ten people present. No productive outcome resulted that needed a forum of everyone present. A follow-up meeting after the above incident with Gillian, Tom, Joanne, and John. In regard to the high-level email, James berated the team due to poor business decision, which was later retracted. Verbal abuse was so severe, other departments came over and apologized on James's behavior. Oh, really? Other people came over and apologized for you getting yelled at? Everyone is operating in fear because James is erratic. One doesn't know whether one will meet his ends or expectations. Since the target is constantly moving and priorities are shifting, 
Laura quit because she was humiliated and demeaned by James for not being fast enough to give critical mass story, to give a critical mass story, even though she wasn't hired on as a journalist in front of all journalists. Okay, was she maybe trying to move into that position and she was given uh, an assignment she wasn't delivering? So it sounds like he was a boss that was demanding. Not illegal and honestly not that bad of a thing. Now you can have a boss who's a straight up cunt and overly demanding. I absolutely understand and wrap my head around that. That's not an unfathomable concept to me by any means. But at the same time, come on, no. Your boss wants you to get your job done and get it done in a timely manner. It's like having a job. What are the odds, right? That James, because part of what James O'Keefe's hiring strategy was, he would hire whistleblowers, right, to work for him. What if these whistleblowers were all progressive, wokey types that weren't, you know, they're less woke, they're, they weren't woke enough to work where they were working, but they're too woke to work in a non woke environment? So this is what they do. I'm just, I'm asking questions. In personal conversations with Jared after he left Project Veritas, it was discussed. That his departure was due to a personality clash between Jared and James. Jared is also held in high regards to the Project Veritas staff and played an instrumental role in the organization. All the theater stuff and how that is handled makes me very uneasy. I understand that it is rationalized as, quote, raising awareness of our brand, but it costs that it costs of that both in financial sense as well as a personnel and resource sense becomes priority over why donors actually give us money, which is to conduct undercover investigations which expose waste, uh, waste, fraud, and abuse. There should be a comma between waste and fraud. In the end, we are in a we are in a deficit now. Our fans and potential fans beyond do not respond positively to all the stuff because all they want is for us to carry out the mission. Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, everyone's hyped. Project Veritas just did the largest expose ever with, with the Pfizer guy doing a big old hissy fit, throwing a fit, getting us, you know, assaulting people, stealing tablets, smashing shit, trying to stop random cars, jumping up down. That fucking dude was panicking. So what do you mean the interest isn't there? And also, if the interest isn't there, then how do people just want you to carry out the mission? And furthermore, yeah, just carry out the fucking mission. It's not that hard of a concept. Additionally, several donors have expressed their concern with their money being used to produce a show like PVE. I don't know what PVE is. I would describe Project Veritas's current environment with its with this saying, quote, the beatings will continue until morale improves. In recent donor meetings with James, his behavior has been arrogant and dismissive of the donors. If they do not just sign up to give up five or six figure donations, this happens in the past few weeks in a meeting with a donor in Miami as well as a donor in Beverly Hills. He has not been listening to what donors have to say. James is frequently coming across as... Uh, tough. We are desperate for funds, and it is everyone's duty to send us money. Donors are hesitating about the size and whether gifts should be sent to Project Veritas. We'll get into why all this makes no fucking sense. Actually, you know what? The link will be in this in the description below. Donors all across Twitter, for example, are saying they will withhold their donations 
and their monthly subscriptions from Project Veritas over this until James O'Keefe comes back as their CEO. But this is already running a lot longer than I wanted it to, but no one else seems to be reading the letter. So I'm going to make the letter its own upload and then I'll do the rest of it as a secondary upload. All right, so let's... But no, people are actively withholding money right now over this. Not beforehand and not afterhand, but okay, if you want to say so. We had a room with 100 people waiting for him to speak. People commented afterwards that he could have ha- he could have at least apologized for being so late. This is a good a good example of James O'Keefe not realizing. Oops, not realizing that everyone's time is important and should be respected. September 2021, all hands right after the flood. I went into the city with James to produce stand-ups for the big release that evening, arranging the shoot, directing the shots, wrote the script, and acted as his temp. Ooh, Temporter on the sidewalk. While we were there, we met. Uh, let's see, we met Net Matt Neckel, who rode around with us the rest of the day. While in the car, James was upset about a real edit that was just sent for review from somebody at the Radisson. I told him I'd take care of it. And began calling the guy there to adjust his notes. Not two minutes later, he calls Freddy. After I just had. Tells him the same thing I told him. Looked at me. And then looks at Matt Nelko. Still a total stranger riding around with us. And goes, quote, See, this is why I need to hire a good producer. I have to do everything myself. This coming. After weeks of successful COVID vax releases. While, while I was on the road with him the entire time. Had me considering quitting while on the city boat that night. Okay, look. What are the chances that you didn't relay the message properly? And he just called to make sure the message was relayed properly. You could be taking it way more personally than it actually is. James' constant habit of publicly demeaning people's role and responsibilities almost in a way to step himself up or step himself with this quote see I'm the, I'm the one who fixed it mentality examples junior editors James threatened Eric with hatred over Nick Jeeves going as far as to have Vanessa strip away his title of chief of staff after just a few months and Nick Grievous failure as an employee, out on him specifically. Well, yeah, if you fuck up as an employee, you should have taken it out on you. You fucked up. <laughs> James ran a narrative through the entire company that he was a toxic employee and not a leader. The reality was Nick Nick Jeeves a bat was a bad hire. Okay, the reality was Nick Jeeves was that Nick Jeeves was a bad hire. Okay, well there you go. A bad hire got fired, and everybody was told that, yeah, this guy was a shit at his job. Oh, well. A bad hire pushed through by James, and Eric saw it as, saw it and voiced it for six months. All right, well, after six months, the homie got fired. There you go. 
Former executive producer Joe Halderman quits over James' treatments and being forced to come back to office while COVID was still very fresh and <laughs> and he was an older man with health problems, would make rude comments and tease internal, uh, internally to others about Joe because of his want to remain safe during COVID's beginning. Well, then why would you want to work at Project Veritas? Again, quit. If you're that scared of, scared of catching COVID, fucking quit. Jake has constantly been told to be weary of James's attitude and mood. It literally alters everyone's day and workflow. Not to make excuses from inner bickering and such, but these people, but these problems trickle from top down. After Nancy was fired, Eric and Mario asked questions from James as to why the decision was made to express concerns for the failure of Project Veritas due to mass uh, turnover in executive leadership. Internally, James sent aggressive messages in response and called Mario, but appeared to have never moved on. Weeks later, we had an all-hands, we held an all-hands for a week at the Radisson Hotel in Rochelle. The entire week, Mario, Eric, and Michelle uh, Vinali were publicly humiliated in every session possible in front of the whole staff. The three of them were interrogated and asked if we still had friends with friendships with Nancy, with serious suggestions that we could uh, we should cease all contact, as we know. It is actually unconstitutional freedom of association to tell people who they can and can't talk to. It was an outrageously veiled demand. Well, no, if you're talking to someone who's got fired and you're relaying information back and forth, so on and so forth, he's not telling you who you can and can't talk to, but he can fire you for it. It's not a violation of the Constitution there. For a whole week, and if if I'm wrong, prove me wrong in the comments below, thanks. For a whole week, Eric Mario Vanilla... Eric, Mario, and Vanelli, and others were so severely verbally attacked by James that the staff morale dropped to an all-time low. Mario believed he was going to be fired every single day while walking into the office in October 2021. It was the most vivid intimidation tactic ever seen. James has held a grudge against these staff members since then, where he purposely cited the, the September 2021 event in an all-hands call in 2022 when he was upset. He holds the grudge, and it's become an awkward work environment, to say the least, with James ever since then. When Eric and Jake suggested to start using Twitter spaces for organization, James liked the idea, liked the idea, while it came time to do it, do the first one, James would ignore, disregard, or become busy or use the bathroom, in air quotes, to avoid Eric's rundown of what to do and how to do it. Then James became very frustrated when he wasn't properly prepped. Eric Sparklin, Spracklin was forced to take a polygraph test nearly a year after the diary had been leaked and Neil McCabe had left Project Veritas for no legitimate reason. Okay, well, hold on. Who cares? Homie left Project Veritas 
And as for Spracklin, again, I would hope that organizations would oftentimes do lie detector tests. If you can't trust your own team, let alone your own team leaders, what kind of trust do you claim to have? It's bullshit. That's why, and... Really? It's bullshit. The abuse and mental aftermath have been incredibly disgusting and demeaning. Why? Jake was witness... Victim... Was witness was a witness and a victim... To name-calling... That was belittling to himself, others... when uh, Whenever there was... An edit, graphic... Uh, minor mistake, technical error with equipment... James would say to Freddy, quote... These junior editors need to be trained... Ooh, they need to be taught to the job. Ah. A demanding tone, yeah. Sometimes with vulgar language added if James was really upset. Well, how many times this conversation had to happen where these mistakes were constantly happening? If the same mistake is reoccurring, uh, it only seems right to get kind of pissy about it. There was one complaint that led to the top of the chain of command recollecting on... Uh, reflecting on who has been forgotten. Jake was in Colorado for the filming of The Sea of Chris Jack. The Sea of Chris Jacks. They ended back at the airport in the middle of nowhere, literally. And James requested to send the footage, which are massive files, back to HQ to instantly, uh, to instantly fake urgency be cut. Jake did his best with the limited Wi-Fi in the Nowhere Airport that was available. James would constantly be asking how long it was, how long it was taking, trying not to displease James. Jake stayed in the small building to send as best as he could, but there, but was hurried by James to then get back to the private plane because of time-sensitive scheduling to take off or. There would be a massive charge for a late takeoff. When there was concern of a mole in the office, leaking information to the public, a majority of the staff were required. Let's see, were required to travel to HQ to be interrogated by two private investigators who were hired to identify the mole. Although I was told by the pie. Uh, by the pies that... I don't know what that means. That my story checked out... Or the private investigators got it. I thought maybe one of their code names or some shit. Like they've been using this whole time. Checked out. As well as several of my colleagues expressing confidence that I was not the mold. James brought me in, in to personally question me a second time. Namely questioning my mission-drivenness and loyalty to the organization after the investigation took place. The staff were never provided with a conclusion around who was the mole. And morale was so low, colleagues were questioning their trust in one another, which led to less collaboration and an overall less effective and negative work environment. Bobby Har Lithium, weird nickname, was called at noon on November 17th by Jiu-Jitsu, by Jitsu, at the at the demand of James to get a journalist to Mohook ASAP to elicit education subjects, Bobby's girlfriend was also asked to go as a cover. All 
of this required last minute packing flight packing flight and her getting let off work early and we made it happen while Mohawk eliciting James showed up uh, showed up to bar six ten feet away and began in uh, engaging subjects himself swaying from the plan James's personal audio failed and my audio did not catch his conversation oh so you mean conveniently there's no proof whatsoever of this mo- of this moment oh okay not my responsibility too far away it's an excuse why I don't have the shit you need Following this, James lectured both Bobby and his girlfriend in his hotel room. After that, two different employees came to Bobby personally saying that James was blaming the loss of audio on Bobby's girlfriend and non uh, a non-employee or contractor and, quote, talking mad shit on her. Sounds unprofessional. Bobby nor his girlfriend were ever thanked or acknowledged by James for their efforts to get to New York ASAP, but instead ridiculed behind their backs to other colleagues for a mistake that was purely on James. And again, so conveniently, nothing seemed to have caught that. Generally, these patterns of behavior severely limit our ability to excuse the Project Veritas mission and we feel it's our duty as employees and leaders of Project Veritas that care about the future to have a voice and demand need of uh, needed change. We ask the board board to address the following: following one, two, three, and four. Start with one: cease bullying and erratic behavior. Treat every person with respect and integrity. Business interactions need to be carried out with business acumen. Cease uh, micromanaging. We were all hired to Project Veritas leadership qual- uh, for leadership qualities. Leadership provided a diverse set of skills and professional history. We are not cut from the same cloth and we have unique managerial styles and methods to achieve success. As long as we are contributing to the betterment of the mission, let leaders lead, allow for failure, and the success will be amplified. If people need guidance, they will ask for it. Cease undermining our donors are the lifeblood of the organization. We will need to have a unified front and next expose internal conflict to our financial supporters internally allow the chain of command to do so and to do its job upward and downward and ensure controls are implemented to execute on the above without fear of personal reprisal ongoing the board needs to be more proactive to ensure we won't backslide regardless of who the leadership position is we are writing this because we value the organization that James O'Keefe has built and what we've become. No one else is doing the work of Project Veritas, and we love it. What we will do for our audience, uh, we do incredibly well. However, we can't. Uh, we can become even. We can become even greater until we unleash the full potential of the organization and its people. The only product we have, uh, f- 
have is the material that comes from the people in the organization. If we don't make these changes, we will fail to attract and retain the best people. We have a more we have the moral courage to say what needs to be said, continue down the path we are on, and you will have an army of yes-men who wouldn't dare pen this letter. We are resilient. Failure is not an option. Be brave and do something. Signed, uh, Michael Valeni. Uh, production, Michael Valeni. Comms, Eric Sprackerman, Mario Balaman. Balaman. Balaman? Uh, Jake Mantel. Patrick Van Dunn. Sal Gooley. Journalist, Aiden Young. Uh, Preston Sagalili. Bobby Herr, aka Lithium. Development, Bethany Ronaldo. Joanne Summer, Gillian Petrowski, and Jonathan Bailey, IT Facilities, Joshua uh, Hughes, Nick uh, Majej, and uh, Angelo Martinez. For an example, for from employees that signed and didn't, uh, from employees that both signed and didn't sign the letter. Oh God! Damn. There's... All right. Now I'm going to revisit this in the next video. These are little quips from people who uh, who uh, had had little independent little, little screenshots and comments on here. Like, look at how suspicious some of these are. This is our moment to make history. It's not about sucking, it's about being able to do so without him because the brand is more powerful than any one individual. Yes, comrade. I hope James can realize we're doing this out of love for the mission. I'd love to propose a group call to talk about how everyone feels about what's going on and how we feel about James's leadership and how we are going to react to any news about the board meeting. We need to be aligned, and we need all to be heard. Everyone is righteously upset because of James. Oh, wow, literally everyone is here. There is honestly no Project Veritas without us. Uh-huh. But I'm serious. This is important. Blank. Get it? If you want to walk, I get it if you want to walk, but I want to hear from you, and I want the truth raw. So the broad can talk to James honestly on Monday. It's important. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go through these in the next one. There's a lot to read through, and this is already going on very long. So I'll squeeze into the next one. So let's look through these. Uh, we'll revisit that last little collection of, uh, of uh, chat when we go to the next one. Project Veritas Core Values 1. Moral, cor moral courage. Courage is a virtue that sustains all others. We chose to overcome our fears. Two, we are all leaders. Turning people into leaders. Completed staff work and uh, ownership. Three, collaboration. Best not to work in silos. No one individual is as smart as all of us. Four, resilience. Resistance and determination alone are omnipotent. Never, ever, ever give up. We don't let mistakes or setbacks discourage us. 
Pursue perfection knowing full well you will never attain it. 5. Mission Driven Whew. The best people are motivated by purpose. We are passionate and truly believe in our case, in our cause. We must be extremely focused and not internally focused. 6. Make the status quo do the impossible. We move mountains. Failure is not an option. We do what we do, whether uh, whatever it takes. 7. The tip of the spear. We are a lost leader. We do not shy away from conflict or litigation. Project Veritas Ethical Values Rule 1. Truth is paramount. Our reporting is fact-based with clear, uh, irrefutable video and audio context content. Truth is paramount. We never deceive our audience. We do not distort the facts or the context. We do not selectively edit. Rule 2. We do not break the law. We maintain one-party consent when recording someone in inherently moral and ethical. We never record when there is zero-party consent in areas where we require to have consent from all parties. We seek legal guidance regarding the expectation of privacy's impact on uh, impact on our right to record. Rule 3. We adhere to the First Amendment rights of others. During our investigations, we do not dispute the peace. We do not infringe on the First Amendment rights of others. Rule 4. The Zeekman Test. The undercover investigations pursue are judged by us. Are judged by us to be of quote, vital public interest and profound importance. The Zeke test is our baseline. Undercover investigative reporting is necessary because, quote, there's no other way to get the story, whereas the Society of Professional Journalists allows for undercover techniques if undercover techniques are necessary to expose issues of vital public importance. We believe they are not only allowed but required in Rule 5. We protect the innocent when possible embracing private details are not to be invest or, or uh, <clears throat> are not to be investigated we stay away from irrelevant embarrassingly uh, intimate details about the private citizens personal lives we look for individual wrongdoings and judge and judge its public importance um the irrelevant uh, religious or sexual dispositions of our targets are not to be investigated. Rule 6, transparency. Our methods and tactics must be re- reasonable. Ah, sorry. Must be reasonable and defensible. We use the 12 jurors on our shoulder rule. I was just talking about that earlier. The work has to be done with such a degree of integrity that it can withstand the scrutiny in both law and ethics we are comfortable with transparency we must be willing to be ready to disclose our methods upon publication and rule 7 verify the 
verify and cooperate stories, evaluate impact on third parties, and newsworthiness of statements alone, we consistently consider the probable truth or falsity of statements examine any uh, let's see uh, and examine any reason to doubt the veracity of underlying assertions and whether the assertions are newsworthy when possible we will confirm with our subjects that our statements capture on video are accurate and truthful at the very least we will give our subjects an opportunity to elaborate on and or respond in all matters we rely on the first amendment to protect our re- our ability to publish newsworthy items after our internal deliberations on whether there is an obligation to ensure the veracity of statements is made on video 1 Consider whether the remarks may potentially impact the innocent third party factors in support of releasing the content. And two, the newsworthiness of the statement alone by itself factors against releasing the content. Rule eight, raw video. In certain circumstances, we may release the raw video to the press and or the public. But as a rule, we do not. Rule 9. Subject anonymity. We investigate the question sources before promising anonymity. Once we confirm, we will do everything in our power to protect the identity of our confidential source. Rule 10. Be accountable, admit mistakes, and correct them promptly. Rule 11. We do not manufacture content. We do not put words in our investigation subjects mouths we do not lead the horse to water our purpose is to elicit truth and rule seven with great power comes great responsibility and that is the end of this right here all right so since this ran way longer than i thought it would the next episode will be going into the actual drama and ousting of james o'keefe we're only going to reference one part of this and it's going to be the screenshots right here alone exclusively so i'm gonna bring this recording right here to an end and i shall catch you guys later peace Brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer.
Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer.